0: hi everyone i'm john
1: and i'm georgia and we're here inside
0: your ears to
1: talk about the mac and cheese of movies
0: this This is comfort Comfort films
1: Films. hello everyone and welcome to comfort films episode 11 today we're doing a Twofer. twofer it would be scrooged and the muppet christmas carol you know so this is actually our first time to do a Two for
0: show. Yeah, it's pretty exciting.
1: And uh, if you're just coming to us now, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, thank you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for all the support that we've seen online. I mean, we see all the people coming in and listening to the show and all the people following us on Instagram the comments the likes it's really awesome thank you so much yeah it
1: energizes us gets us excited to talk about the next thing sure does um and you know we've had a lot of fun this week on instagram first we hit 500 followers which Woo-hoo! is super exciting sure is um and then we also uh did some polls on our stories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to find out about what are the most popular kind of movies around christmas so that was really interesting and. We'll come back to that at the end. So today we wanted to do a two-for-show. um, Not because we want our show to be even longer. Hopefully (laughs) we can make it be about the same as
0: usual. We want you to stay with us forever.
1: (laughs) But we did want to talk about the story, A Christmas Carol. Um, by Charles Dickens, and kind of look at a couple of different interpretations, just because there are so many.
0: So many over the years. So many.
1: And this is such a seminal kind of Christmas story that we kind of just thought, hey, why don't we talk, you know, we're going to talk about Scrooged anyway, because that's John's number one Christmas movie of all time. Number one,
0: number one!
1: And so we thought, hey, you know, if we're going to be addressing that story, let's loop in another favorite yeah. The Muppet Christmas Carol, which is an awesome kind of traditional interpretation of the story. Yeah. um, You know, traditional, but with Muppets. Yeah,
0: and the Muppets are <laughs> so good in this.
1: They are. It's They're a great so movie. Good. But, you know, the funny thing is we just had so many options. I mean, there's like the George C. Scott version. Mm-hmm. There's many TV versions. There's like Albert Finney. Yeah, I, I believe
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen that one, although I probably didn't know who Albert Finney was at the time. No. Um, and then, uh, of course the, uh, what do you call it? Live action motion capture. Yeah. Version uh, with Jim Carrey from a few years back.
0: Which is great. I just recently caught that one.
1: Yeah. I really I've, I've it. never seen that one. So. Yeah.
0: I just felt like I had seen the story so much at one point. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do it again. I have to tell you, I will watch every single version of this. Yeah. You know, because it's just so good every time. When you see this curmudgeon turn into this loving, vibrant, wonderful person.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's what I want. It's kind of the thing we're looking for—the hope thing that we are always looking for in our comfort films, as we have discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the reason I think that we could we could have gone with a bunch of different interpretations of the story, but we sure. went with the Muppets just because we love them.
0: Oh, they're so good. I mean, I have seen all of the Muppet movies, and I just never want to not watch them i i, mean, I never yeah. grow out of it
1: i don't either and i just have so much good nostalgia about watching them when i was little on television mm-hmm. watching the muppets movie watching mm-hmm. um i mean emmett otter's jug band christmas of course is actually my favorite christmas thing it's not exactly a movie so we aren't actually planning to do a full uh a full length normal episode on it since it isn't technically a film um, but we actually plan to discuss that on a little one-off extra. And I'm next excited week. about
0: that too. Yeah. I'm
1: very excited. It's all, it's one of my favorites.
0: And we also are big fans of the Muppet music. Yes. You know, every year John Denver and the Muppets, it's coming out. Absolutely, you
1: know? we have it on record, and we have it on. We have some of the songs on our mixes on
0: Spotify and stuff. So. And I have the Muppets Christmas LP, and also the single of have yourself a merry little christmas oh yeah well because that's a great one that's oh (laughs) man every year you're like woo! let's get the hot chocolate out (laughs) you know it's just so good it's i mean it just they're so happy you know they're these great creatures they look awesome you know we
1: love little we love animals and we love like stuffed animals
0: things like that we both are kind of goobs like that. All the way. And again, you know, going back to something we talked about, since I can't have pets, you know, I could have the Muppets. And, you know, that's great. Kermit, you know, our everyman, always out there. He's great. He's got this relationship with Miss Piggy, which is really fun. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Well, I enjoy that.
1: Yeah, and Jim Henson was from Mississippi, so... I
0: didn't know that. Really? Didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he's from Mississippi. Um, I believe Greenville, so... wow. Uh, that's near where I was born. Wow. Um, and so I think Mississippi people kind of have like a special claim, like kind of like we have on Elvis and William Faulkner, for example.
0: You got some just good things. Just be like, there. hey,
1: this is one of our people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, so that was always somebody that my family, my even my grandparents were just super psyched to watch Muppet stuff.
0: Well, I get, yeah, it's like you have that connection. I mean, for me, you know, I was born in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is the birthplace of Fred Rogers, you know. another puppet guy
1: who is pure, super
0: pure. Right, and so you just, you want to have that, and you just kind of, I don't know, You crazy like me, you're like, I feel his powerful, wonderful energy in me, you know? <laughs> I feel the bright light.
1: Well, that's <laughs> what you want during Christmas. Sure is. You want to have it and you want to share it. I mean, and really that's what a, the, the Christmas Carol story originally is about. Mm-hmm. Is about feeling that Christmas spirit and wanting to share it with everyone. So before we go forward, I will go ahead and share a synopsis. We usually write it down. This time I didn't. I was like... Do I need to write down the synopsis to A Christmas Carol? Nah, you're
0: Does a anyone,
1: well, even beyond that, who doesn't know
0: this story? Like, I don't know. I mean, there are things I don't know. No, you know? it's true. It's yeah. true.
1: But I, I just have to feel like there are just so many adaptations of this and it's so ubiquitous. I'm guessing that most of you know the story, but if not... There's a very simple version of it, and, of course, we spoil here. Oh, yes. Um, so if spoils. you don't know what happens in Christmas Carol, go read the book or watch one of the many adaptations. Yeah. Hopefully you've watch, watched Scrooge and Muppet Christmas Carol and can uh, join us with that. So the story of Christmas Carol is about a curmudgeon, as John calls them, <laughs> named Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, And he is kind of a hardworking but miserly man. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily well off, but he holds on to the money that he gets. And he's uh, kind of a skin flint, and he doesn't treat anyone very well. So Scrooge is not a fan of Christmas, and he's not a fan of anyone who is a fan of Christmas. And he's particularly rude to his employee, Bob Cratchit, who wants to take the day off and spend it with his family. And uh, that evening, Scrooge is visited first by the ghost of his old business partner, Jacob Marley, who's died uh, recently. And Jacob is telling him, look, you can't be acting like this. No. I am dead now, and I wasted my life acting like you're acting now change before it's too late. I'm going to send three spirits to visit you to show you the error of your ways. And over the course of the night, Scrooge is visited by three ghosts who show him his past, present, and future and uh, basically bring about a change of heart in him. And in the morning when he wakes up, he's got a whole new lease on life and he wants to go out and share the Christmas spirit with everyone. And it's a great, great, great story.
0: When you see someone that is that, I don't know, misaligned, just bitter, um, you know, and just not only are they crushed in their own spirit, they feel like they need to crush the spirit of everyone around them because they are so miserable. That is a very sad and lonely individual. This person is in a very bad place And, you know, when you can see someone that is so far gone down this dark path be brought back and brought back like a superhero i mean
1: it's very emotionally charging
0: it is because you know everyone has failings in their life there are things that you wish you could do better but as time goes on you know you lose your innocence you aren't you know as willing to say oh okay live and let live right
1: you can become bitter you can become jaded oh yeah yeah and you know you can kind of lose the innocence and the light that Mm. you had when you were, you know, before you had these bad experiences. Yeah. So, you know, that's what had happened to Scrooge. And then this experience changes him and, and, you know, brings him back to that freshness that he had before all these bad things kind of brought him down. So The Muppet Christmas Carol is actually a fairly traditional retelling of that story. Mm -hmm. It is set in the Victorian era, Victorian costumes... Um, you know, kind of England of that era with like the smoky chimneys and stuff like that. Whereas the movie Scrooged brings that story into the eighties, mm-hmm. um, and sets it at like a TV station, yeah, which is an interesting choice. Um, I think that it's a smart choice because the eighties is kind of a greedy era yes. in the same way that uh, the Victorian era that Charles Dickens was kind of critiquing here Hmm. was a greedy era. It's the Industrial Revolution. They don't have rights for workers. Um, Children have jobs. You know, children are getting like these lung diseases and all these bad things. And the 80s, I mean, you know, we have at least we aren't sending children up the chimneys anymore. Oh, gosh. Um, but the 80s was a difficult time. Uh, we I think we tend to remember it nostalgically, you and I, because we're kind of middle class kids. And yeah. And our families were doing fairly well at yeah. that point. But, uh, you know, as you know, if you look back, it wasn't all rosy for everyone. And there no. a lot of problems with homelessness that mm-hmm. really started there. Um, that have gone way out of control at this point. But those are like the genesis of some of the big issues that we have now. Um, and it does all kind of go back to greed. And this particularly is about corporate greed. Um, and, you know, critique of the entertainment industry. Yeah. And, and what types of um, entertainment people are pushing out there for people to consume. Um, and also it's just a really fun story with bill murray who's amazing and hilarious and over the top in the best possible way Mm -hmm. so yeah so john uh the genesis of us picking uh this story to discuss was because scrooge is your favorite christmas movie so what makes this your number one christmas film
0: scrooge is my number one christmas movie because when i saw it I, I was a kid, and I wanted to see things that were updated. I wasn't a person that liked to watch older pieces. I wasn't mature enough at that point. My dad would put on a lot of stuff on PBS, and it was very good <laughs> stuff. But I just was like, man, can't we put on A-Team? You're you like, know?
1: I don't want to watch Masterpiece Theater. No. You want to watch Mr. T.
0: Right. I, I wanted to go with, like... The comfort shows. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's totally true. And when I look back, I'm like, wow, your dad turned you on to all this fantastic material. And I'm like, nah, I don't want it.
1: That's really funny. I'm the opposite. I mean, my favorite TV show when I was a little kid was Andy Griffith's show, which was already old at
0: that time. He loved that, too. He loved that, too. And at that point, again, black and white, I was like, oh, man, this is so old. I want something that I can relate to. The Christmas Carol I knew and I liked but I just had never seen it updated in this way and I remember going to the movie theater. I saw it at Lincoln Plaza Cinemas in Worcester, Mass and uh, that's no longer there. It is now a Target and um, I remember seeing this movie and from the very beginning I knew we were in for something entirely different. I love how they flipped it. You know, we start out with this shot, you know, we come through the skies and, you know, we see Santa and then we go in, (laughs) you know, and we see, you know, the helpers and we see that they're under siege.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing opening because it does start out just like, oh, okay, so it's a traditional movie and it's Santa and the elves and they're making presents. And then here shows up the guys with the machine guns. Yeah.
0: It's it's just like, you don't know what's going on. And then, you know, the elves are running for machine guns, (laughs) you know, and then like Lee Major shows up and he's like "Tell them to go to safety. And Santa's like, this Santa's going out the front door. (laughs) And you're like, wow.
1: (laughs) Of course, then it pulls back to show you that this is a, a Christmas special. Yeah. Boy, emphasis on the word special. <laughs> it um, is. That's that's going to be running on IBC, mm-hmm. which is this uh, TV station, network station that Frank Cross runs. And, and this movie, Frank Cross is Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, and that's the Scrooge-type character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of glad they didn't name him Ebenezer Scrooge. That, Me too. That probably wouldn't have translated very no. well. It,
0: it's, <laughs> the, the update is what makes this so great is because they they retain you know the information but they bring it up to a newer audience so that you know younger people can enjoy it and it it reinvigorates the material and i just was like wow you know they had the slogan for their company you'll love it y u l e yeah
1: you'll love it you'll
0: yeah. love it and you know <laughs> And then, you know, it's just this boardroom scene where, you know, Frank Cross just, you know, berates the board, talks down to them, just uh, treats them like dirt, you know. And, and and you can't help but laugh because the absurdity rings true, yeah. you know. I mean, you have people in there that are mortified. You have people in there that are kissing up. You have people in there that just, they, they don't know what to do. They're just just like i don't know what to do you know it's like i don't want to lose my job you know But i
1: also don't want scrooge to well because the whole thing is that frank cross is making this you know tv event Mm -hmm. of the 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 story of christmas carol they're calling it scrooge yeah and it's gonna be this live tv special that's broadcast around the world And, you know, the people who are on the board, they are promoting it with a traditional kind of a a commercial. Yeah. But Frank's not having it.
0: No, he decides that he has, you know, another trailer that he had some people cut for him. And he shows it. And it's just (laughs) like this... Dark, dystopian, just nightmare. Because he wants people to
1: feel like they can't afford to not watch this movie. But it's so funny because it's like, acid
0: rain. The freeway killer.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, what? again, it's just like Santa with an Uzi or something again. It's Drugs. really funny. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love uh, Bob Goldthwait in the same place, the character Elliot Loudermilk. My who,
0: favorite, favorite thing he ever did. Favorite, I, favorite. Yeah,
1: he's amazing in yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, and I have to say, I don't know how this character rose to prominence in this uh, TV network because no. he just doesn't fit
0: in at all. Very nice man, very honest man. <laughs> but
1: he's the one who actually, you know, is brave enough to speak up and say, Look, you're gonna scare people to death with this <laughs> You know, and Frank is like, Oh gosh, sounds terrible. That's not what I wanna do at all.
0: Did I overstep? Did I go too far? Yeah, a little bit, you know, with the with the guy shooting up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, but Frank makes him think. Oh, thank you for speaking up. You really gave me something to think about. And then two minutes later, he's firing this poor guy.
0: <laughs> it's I. I mean, so it's for me. It was like Bill Murray goes through this this journey in the '80s, and I I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And for me, it was like something. That as I got older, I I never forgot. Because Bill Murray's humor was always something that appealed to me. Because he was so quick. He was so dry. I was like, this guy, wow. And years later, I actually did a show in high school. It was called The Christmas Miser. And in this, it was like I played uh, the lead. I played a guy named Arthur Felton, who was playing Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. And he ran a theater company.
1: Wow, that's really... Scrooged.
0: Yeah. And, and so it was like, in one of the scenes, the, the, the company had something new they wanted me to see. They wanted to try out on me. And so I was sitting in like a director chair on stage, and I just, you know, have my hand, you know, just resting like you know, like just this and just kind of staring forward. And they do this big finish, you know, and it's meant to impress me. And I just waited a few seconds, and I went, boy... Did that suck?
1: (laughs) Which is straight (laughs) out of Bill Murray's mouth. Yes! It was the
0: first thing I did. I totally (laughs) ripped off Bill Murray. The audience laughed, and I was like, oh, man. You know what I mean? It It was great because, you know, I was a young kid. I was in high school, and I'm playing this older guy, you know, that runs a theater company. I was, like, really, you know, stretching myself as far as I could go, you know, at that time. And, you know, even for a high school production, it was like you felt that turn, you know, you felt it come through in the end. And so for me, after I actually was able to do it, you know, in high school, you know, I'm not acting like I'm on Broadway or something. I did it in high school. It was something that that I always loved. I always thought, wow, you know, I, I get it. You know, it's it's an amazing role, and that's why they do it so much.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it is a great role for an actor to play because yeah. it's like what we talked about before with the difference between a static character and a dynamic character. doesn't get much more dynamic than Scrooge. Like, he starts completely on one side of the continuum as, like, this angry, bitter, jaded dude, and then at the end, he's totally changed, gone 100% the other direction. Yep. Um, toward this person who, you know, is just open and ready to live life to the fullest and yeah. and to use his talent and wealth to make everyone around him happy and fulfilled. Um, and that actually, ironically, makes him fulfilled. You know, he thought that hoarding everything to himself and getting the success, financial success, would be the thing. Yep. And he thought that his whole life. Mm-hmm but then in the end he realizes that all those things mean nothing yeah without
0: relationships well because yeah he finds himself at the top there's no higher that he can go and he is miserable he's so and nobody likes him and he's lonely he has nothing no one yeah it's just like what it's so empty but
1: he also i mean it's not like he's living in the lap of luxury he doesn't spend money on himself either you know he's just hoarding it yeah I love the idea of the dynamic nature of the character going from one way to the opposite way. Yeah. Um, and you know, in both of these adaptations, it's really well done. I mean, Michael Caine, we haven't even said, yeah, no, we haven't even got to that. <laughs> plays yeah. Scrooge and the Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And he plays it like a hundred percent straight. I, yeah. I actually read in the trivia that that's what he told, uh, Brian Henson that he was going to do. He's like, look, I'm just going to play this like a, completely straight i'm not gonna you know acknowledge that i'm talking to a puppet like i'm just gonna do you know i'm not gonna dumb it down yeah and that's what makes it work for me is that he is playing it just like any dramatic role
0: it's yeah and he he doesn't skip a beat he goes as hard as he can in terms of the emotional depth yeah and you know, I, I'm jumping around here, but, you know, there was a song that that was cut from the piece, you know, When Love is Gone. You know, it's like a duet that he sings with his lost love. And, you know, he sings in it and, and you know, his, his love sings in it, too. And it's a, a song about the end of their relationship. And he just starts bawling yeah i mean he's crying so much oh my god
1: i mean the fact that it got cut out kind Mm. of makes it seem like a bit of a hole yeah because it just goes from being like oh you know i guess we're breaking up to like people are like utterly in tears and destroyed yeah but when we watched it it's actually um an extra on disney plus Mm -hmm. so if you want to if you have disney plus You can jump on and watch that deleted song if you've never seen it before. And I've read, I believe that for the 30th anniversary edition of this movie, which will be coming out next year, Mm -hmm. um, that they've been able to restore it from the original reels. All right. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's jacked about it. I'm sure
0: this is awesome news.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, you want to see the whole thing as it was envisioned. They took it out because they thought that it was too emotional for children, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of silly to me because it's not even the most emotional part of that movie no, to me.
0: A Christmas Carol is a very heavy story. I well, mean... in
1: particular in that movie when... He goes into the future and oh, sees man. that Tiny Tim has died.
0: That, oh my God. We were both crying. <laughs> we were both crying, crying so much. was so hard.
1: It was really hard. And like Michael Kane is not playing this like it's a, a Muppet. No. It's like a person. Yeah. It's like a human child has died. Oh. Um, and, you know, the little frog puppet Robin is so cute. And you just are feeling terrible. And everybody's so sad. And Kermit like sings the song, and it's a uh, just really emotionally draining scene. Uh, but Michael Caine is like with you; you're with him, you know. And, you're with uh, all of
0: them. Like Miss Piggy is just like really sad, and you're like, "Oh, which never happens." No, like you really see the depth of the of of the work of her character. I mean, you know, it's like we're looking at puppets, and I know they can be manipulated, but I I swear these muppets have feelings Well, in this. kermit
1: in particular Oof. kermit is kind of emo and oh, everything yeah. i think
0: <laughs> but, but miss piggy in this that's yeah no it's i mean different. never
1: it's well and gonzo what? wow gonzo's usually crazy now gonzo is kind of part of the frame story he's actually playing charles dickens mm-hmm. telling the story um but he and his sidekick rizzo the Rat um they get caught up in the story as they're telling it as well. So it's it's just really fun. It would be great to watch as with kids, without kids. It's just a really nice movie. Yeah. I like it a lot. And then if we turn back to Scrooge, um the Frank Cross character and the changes that are wrought in him over the course of the movie are pretty amazing also. Yeah. And Bill Murray, I don't think anybody thinks about him at that time. Maybe now. No,
0: I. that was actually... I think that was like a comeback film for him, um, is what I had read. That, you know, this was, you know, a Christmas film, and he just played it to the hilt, and everyone just stood up and took notice.
1: Yeah, and he, you know, at the end... It's, again, very emotional. You're going to tear up, you know, and and his performance is the reason because you really believe that he has had like this just huge life change and perspective change.
0: Well, and he's and again, because he always plays it so cool, he plays it so close to the vest and it's always this dry humor. When you see him crack, you are like, is this happening Oh my gosh! You know you don't you, you don't have any you don't have any information on this. You have no data. You're going through your head, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa!" Bill Murray <laughs> is breaking down.
1: And you know, I mean, it's kind of like yeah, if you if you have a relative or something who never cries, and then you see that person cry, you know that's things are serious. Yeah, that's now. when you're like, "Whoa!" Um, and that's kind of the feeling that you get here.
0: Yeah, and it's they have. You know both of these scrooges you know though they're not both scrooge by name just really hit all the notes you know they are wonderful at being polarizing yeah you, you know they're wonderful it's showing this tenderness and you know michael kane you know another person that usually when I think of him, he's a very serious man down to business. Yeah. You know, I, I think of like get Carter. I think of him in some kind of war epic. You know, I, I don't I don't think about Michael Kane really just opening up like this. Yeah. And when you see that these these guys that are just like this pure ice, you know, can melt on screen on cue and you think about oh my gosh how many times did they do this and and you think about the obstacles and you think again about Michael Caine is doing this to a A puppet puppet, yeah Yeah. I mean
1: it's crazy to me that he was that able to do that I mean yeah that just shows you I mean if you you already know Michael Caine is a great actor Mm -hmm. obviously but this is just like next level stuff yeah he's doing there
0: Yeah. You just you don't even know. For me with this, again, in a small way I did it, to see these guys take it all the way and then some that you just have to just I don't know, show praise and respect, I guess. You know? (laughs) You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean Scrooge, super dynamic and just one of the best all time characters in any book or movie really yeah it's, um, it's iconic um but what I love about this also besides this dynamic character of Scrooge is the ghosts um you don't really think about ghosts well I don't at Christmas but no. then again there's the song about it's the most wonderful time of the year mm-hmm. and it says scary ghost stories oh. so I guess I don't know if they're referring directly to this or if it used to be traditional to tell scary stories um, just getting together wow. with your family and friends around Christmas. Um, but I love the ghost stuff. I'm a, kind of a horror person anyway, and I love a good ghost story. And this is kind of the original classic ghost story um, with these ghosts. I
0: never thought about that. I never thought about
1: that. And actually, both of these movies have a little bit of a twist on Marley. Um, Jacob Marley, the uh, business partner who has died and comes to visit Scrooge and kind of opens up the story. Um, in Muppets, we have Marley and Marley, which yeah. are Statler and Waldorf great as two brothers who are the Marley brothers. And then on Scrooge, we have the character of Lou Hayward, um, who is kind of this mentor figure for Frank Cross um, at the TV station who kind of got him where he is today. So it's the same kind of function but they both do a little twist on it. And then of course we have the Ghost of Christmas Past who takes the Scrooge character into the past and kind of shows him how he got where he is um, and shows us how he got where he is and yeah. the kind of disappointments that shaped his personality. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Ghost of Christmas Present who takes him around and shows him how people really see him, which I think is a wake-up call as well. Yeah. And then the biggest wake-up call of all is the future, when the ghost of Christmas yet to come, or the ghost of Christmas future takes him around and sees what could happen if he doesn't change. Not just to him, but the impact that it will have on all the people who are in his life. Um, And that is extremely powerful. It's powerful for Scrooge, but I think it's powerful for us too as viewers because it makes you think, you know, about yourself. Yeah. And what kinds of things have shaped me? What kind of events in my life have I let jade me or bring me down? Um, And, you know, is that something that I need to revisit? And, you know, the, the ghost of Christmas present making you see how people respond to you when you're not there mm. is it's almost like disturbing
0: it that's it's very frightening i mean you have you know the ghost of christmas future always terrifying Yeah, scary. It's it's worse than your worst nightmare. Yeah, it's like death. It's worse than your worst nightmare. It's like everything that you've ever thought that was unpleasant, uh, turn it up to six billion. (laughs) And then maybe you're halfway there. Um, it's, It's something where you have to think about your behavior and I you know I've, I've been a jerk times in my life everybody's been a jerk but you think about that you know you don't necessarily think about it in the moment but I mean this has causes you to think about it and go oh geez I was kind well, of a it,
1: jerk it jostles you out of your kind of stayed self-image so you know you're in this place mentally where you think you know who you are yeah it's yeah and this Uh, experience causes Scrooge to realize and Frank Cross to realize that they they aren't where they think they are you know they may have the trappings of success um, and they may have all the things that they thought they wanted Mm -hmm. but what they don't have is what's really important Um, and you know with Charles Dickens writing this story I think that he was trying to Shake people up in that way too, and really have Scrooge be you. And when you're reading it, you're realizing, you know, what are the things that you could do better, not just on Christmas, but throughout the whole year to make
0: the world a better place. Well, every time I see it, or anytime I even think about it, that's what it does for me. And I think that it must do that for everyone and someone. I mean,
1: I think it does. I think that's what makes it a classic. Mm -hmm. Um, because it makes you see yourself objectively, you yeah. know. Um, and if you're a person who's not used to doing that, it's very important to have that experience.
0: If you're too full of yourself. And, and that's something that happens a lot in the Christmas story is you just really think you're the greatest. You know, you're strutting around town and like, what? yeah, I'm the best man in town. Oh, what yeah. What Christmas story is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like the Spider-Man 3 version uh, okay. of the Christmas story.
1: So Toby Maguire walking around. Yeah,
0: doing some finger guns. Okay. You know, that's kind of... That's the, <laughs> that's the Christmas Carol. Christmas tale. Yeah, it's...
1: I mean, I think there are a lot of Christmas stories are like loser stories. Like, we've talked about this with Christmas Vacation is like the born loser kind of trope. Mm -hmm. And um, Scrooge is kind of a loser in his own way. Like, he doesn't seem like it on paper. No. um, But in real life, he doesn't really have anything that's... I don't know exactly what word I want to use here. It's like everything he has is just... Tangible, you know, it's like he has money, he can buy stuff, he can, you know, have things, but he doesn't really have anything persisting beyond that into, you know, spiritual qualities and gifts.
0: Makes me think about the jerk, you know, Steve Martin.
1: (laughs) I only need this lamp. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's all I need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, material things don't get you anything in the end well
1: and in uh the muppet version one of the things that uh scrooge sees Mm -hmm. in the future is people selling his material goods from his home to like the rag picker um because he's gone and the only thing he left was curtains on his bed and a crappy blanket you know (laughs) so um that yeah, that's really disturbing to think about, you know, what are you gonna leave behind? And that's what question this asks.
0: The vinyl. I'm gonna leave behind a lot of vinyl. What will happen to this vinyl?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Who's gonna hopefully
1: c- not the rag picker. I
0: just geez, I hope not. No, we I don't want to think about that. But I mean I think it it's it's like twofold. So it's it's for Scrooge to realize, you know, his his success is an empty victory. And then also, you know, for, for the common folk that That don't have any money to see that even if you do achieve this financial success, there is no win. There is no fullness to it. And Bob Cratchit is better off, you know, with his family, scraping to get by, than Scrooge is with all of his money. Now, I mean, you look at, you know, practical things like heat. You know, everybody wants heat, Clothing and food, food. and yeah, things like
1: that. and pretty much everybody in this is poor. But yeah, the whole thing is that Scrooge is like spiritually poor. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think about another extreme Christmas classic mm-hmm. that addresses many of these same issues, and that would be It's a Wonderful Life. Sure, um, that's really major thing in that is that George Bailey has to be shown that even though he's financially poor he's spiritually rich and that's more important and you know that's definitely the message here as well um which is a good one especially in uh, a really consumerist time of year when you know it's all about what can you buy and what are you going to get for who and who's going to get you what and all this kind of stuff and you know, we live in an era of wanting more things. Absolutely. You Um, get
0: wrapped up in it very easily. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I'm like, oh, I want this. I want that. I'll be happy if I get this. Yes. And and it's just like I really get locked into it. And then I can be like, oh, I don't care about material things that much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we do. I mean, you know, that's and it's the culture we live in. It doesn't make you a bad person or something. It just makes you a regular person because you're Watching commercials yeah. and seeing advertising and all these types of things.
0: I want the new vacuum.
1: I don't want a vacuum.
0: I want a new vacuum. I want a new rug. I'd like a new car. I'd like a new refrigerator.
1: Well, sure. If I could have all of these new things, I would. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have the money and I don't want to do what it takes to get <laughs> to get that.
0: Well, and that's also something that they show you in this story is that, you know, with Frank Ross, who's reached the, the top of the heap. He is not a scrupulous, scrupulous man. No, you know he—he he just that he is laser focused on his career and getting that brass ring, and that's all.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't even mean anything in the end. No, it's just an achievement, an empty achievement, because you know it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. So no. it's you know very food for thought.
0: Well, and it's it well, and also you know take a look at what happens in both stories we have our tiny tim character and what can he do he can use his resources to save this kid's life
1: yes i you mean know? and that's huge yeah, that's it's such a big deal uh, that
0: is what it, it's all about you know in, in the muppet christmas carol you know he saves tiny tim's life cuz tiny tim passes away and then in scrooge our tiny tim there you know, needs help, and he's able to get that for him.
1: Yeah, in Scrooge, it's actually the son, the youngest son of Frank's assistant, Grace, um, who has been mute since he witnessed his father being murdered. Wow. Um, it's, It's heavy stuff. It's not a light movie in some ways here um but he's gone to speech therapy he's gone to doctors grace has done everything and tiny tim has a love the tiny tim character has a loving family um but it just you know he he can't overcome this horrible trauma that he's experienced um but what happens is that through him going and seeing frank's transformation he uh, ends up speaking at the end
0: yeah and that's Wow, you know, because we know from from our visit with the ghost of Christmas Future that this child would have ended up in an asylum.
1: Yeah, it was very sad. It was oh. it was
0: very scary. You know, like the floor was crooked. Yeah, it's
1: like a padded, Oof, padded kind of room. room.
0: All by yourself. Yeah, and oh, you man. know
1: this experience, uh, the transformation that Frank goes through, kind of ends up saving this child from that fate yeah um you know it's a little bit more indirect than how it is in the Muppet Christmas Carol and the original but it still makes a huge difference absolutely so what is your favorite ghost sequence in both movies overall if you have to pick one favorite ghost sequence oh man I know
0: it's hard uh I think if I if I had to go with it, I would go with The Ghost of Christmas Past, David Johansen in Scrooge.
1: I 100% agree with you. All right. Even though it's very difficult oh, it's to so pick, hard. I just love David Johansson as The Ghost of Christmas Past.
0: Yeah, I love him. As a singer, you know, New York Dolls. Yeah, we guys love
1: New York Dolls. Um, I mean, I was actually terrified by Buster Poindexter when I was a kid. I did oh, not yeah. like Buster Poindexter.
0: <laughs> okay, can I tell you a super scary story about Buster Poindexter?
1: I have heard this, but you can tell our listeners.
0: Okay, so here's the story, folks. When I was in high school, okay, there was this abandoned building that was like a club Um, near the airport and there was so much of the stuff just left in there so what we would do in high school is we would kind of break into this place and just kind of look around and see what was there and you had to like go in through the bathroom window it was pretty hard there was like a trash can on top of a toilet Mm -hmm. that you had to step on and i would always slip and then you get inside and there are no lights. You just have a flashlight. And there have been so many other people there trashing the place. So it's like the walls are ripped up. You know, you, you see like uh, glass all over the floor. You know, it, it's it's just nuts. So we get into this bar area that has these playing cards on the wall, but they're like luminescent, I guess would be the word. You, you know what I mean? Like it has that silver, but it's extra... Shiny. Shiny. Yeah. And so you're in there with your flashlight, and there's this wallpaper, and then there are also mirrors on the other walls. So it looked like when you shined your flashlight in there, you saw, like, the face of the king, and you thought it was a person in there in the dark. <laughs> ah! Okay? So, yeah, freaked out. You go behind the bar, and you go, like, into the back room behind the bar, and there was a stack of flyers for buster poindexter and i gotta tell you man he looked like a demon (laughs) i felt like i was at the gates of hell well
1: i always thought he had kind of a demonic look and hot 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 anyway it's like a little scary to me i love him in new york dolls i don't find him scary in new york dolls i don't find him scary in Scrooge. i don't actually love him in this
0: he's so wonderful creep show too he was uh, no not creep show too tales from the dark side of the movie yes he was scary
1: yeah i mean he's interesting in that i I don't know i think he's a good actor i do too and i just i love him in this because he's got like that new york accent and he's kind of just crazy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i kind of randomly read somebody talking about this movie and saying that something they liked about it was that the fairy aspect almost of these ghosts was kind of evident cuz they have like these kind of fairy ears and they kind of are cutting up and causing trouble.
0: Well, yeah, that's um, right. I caught that for the first time. David Johansson has like these prosthetic ears. Did you see that?
1: Yes, yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, yeah, I had not seen that until this viewing. I mean, and he's viewing.
1: very like Puck from Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. Like he's a troublemaker. Yeah. Um and, you know, he takes Frank back to see, you know, how he you know was he grew up with the t v as his parents, oh, basically, yeah. mm-hmm. and yes, that's why it's important to him, but it prevented him from you know having a fulfilling life to some extent because he just thought that t v was the only important thing. but I really you know he's driving this cab and he's just like running into stuff and he's just having the time of his life, yeah, um, but yeah, I just want to sidebar quick though. Do you think that all of our parents in the eighties knew that like every single one of us had some weird abandoned building that we would hang out in with our <laughs> friends?
0: I, I I think that they probably did. I mean I, I mean I had we had that building and then we also had in the woods behind my house an old foundation from a house that yeah. was like our fort.
1: We had an old abandoned house. That was from probably, I don't know how long before, um, but it was like all hollowed out and stuff. And we would go hang out there and break glass and do weird stuff. And just like, I feel like that was very like 80s, 90s kid activity that (laughs) really has not persisted. To the present day. Like, I don't no. really think kids are going and hanging out in abandoned buildings anymore. No. But for us, that was like a staple. And we're not the... I mean, we didn't grow up near each other. No,
0: we not really close. We grew up
1: like in different time zones. Yeah. But yet, we both have an abandoned building hangout story. You have two.
0: Actually, <laughs> three. I thought of another place <coughs> that, that we went into. Yeah. <laughs> there was There was this house that we went into and it was like we thought i don't know we were like secret agents in there there was like some old like shredded papers around we were trying to put them together like what's the message here you know like ridiculous i
1: don't know what kind of a weird situation (laughs) you were
0: dealing with there but like no really i do
1: wonder about like why was this a thing
0: it's we wanted to explore. We wanted to dive in. You yeah, know?
1: no, we did, and also we just had zero supervision. No like, kids now are like supervised within an inch of their life. Mm-hmm. We don't. We didn't have that. We were just off breaking glass in Being uh, the wild. woods. Like yeah, we... that was my cousin loved breaking bottles. Oh, like yeah. For some reason that was like his thing. We'd mm-hmm. be like go into the woods to break bottles. And I was, like, six, and I'm like, why is this fun? Like, I was even questioning it then. I'm like, why are we doing this? But <laughs> it was just, like, a thing that we did. So, yeah, I mean, there's other ghosts that are all interesting. I mean, the ghost of Christmas past in the Muppet movie is kind of creepy. I read that, like, the way they shot that was that the puppet was in a tank of water. What? Um, And that's why it looked kind of floaty and wow. creepy. Okay. Um, And then the ghost of Christmas present... In Scrooged is the amazing Carol Kane, who we love. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And she's another fairy Mm -hmm. who's kind of crazy and wild and smacking uh, Bill Murray around.
0: Also in The Last of Tale.
1: Uh, Here we come back to the non-comfort film Last of Tale.
0: (laughs) About, you know, a Navy duo.
1: Maybe, you know, it's, yeah, I know it's the He had to correct Na- himself. I had to, week. it was
0: bugging me. Like, oh my god, how'd you not know it was the Like, Navy? literally,
1: no one has seen this movie no. and nobody cares. But, but...
0: Shipwreck from G.I. Joe, I think, was based on Nicholson's character from The Last of Tale. So, I just we needed that out there. Well, the
1: look is right, I mm-hmm. see that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then the Ghost of Christmas present in the Muppet one is kind of this traditional, kind of big old bearded dude with like the santa suit kind of a look going
0: yeah and it. Um, i feel a little cheated we talked about this there's a character in the muppets who's sweetums. Sweetums. sweetums from sweetums. muppet sweetums. movie yeah
1: and we both kind of had the the idea this is one of those things mm-hmm. like a berenstain bears thing whatever where you think it was one way, but it's really another. Where mm-hmm. we both kind of thought Sweetums was the ghost of Christmas Present, yeah, and we were both kind of like, wait, where's Sweetums, dude? And I would think that the like every time we watch this movie, we're like, wait, isn't it Sweetums? So I wonder if there's like an episode of the Muppets show where Sweetums played like this kind of Santa dressed kind of character, maybe
0: it's possible.
1: But you know what's funny is like in that in this movie I actually thought it was kind of sad too because this ghost of Christmas present like indicates that basically he only lives for like a very fleeting amount of time. Yeah. I was a little sad too. So again, leave in the song man nobody's crying about that song i'm crying about the ghost of christmas present only has like a lifespan of like 10 minutes and he
0: blows away in the dust and i mean like, he's got what? a good attitude about it but it was yeah. pretty emotional he was the calmest person i think that that exists <laughs> he was. You know, or spirit that well just he was very was happy done.
1: but he yeah. also kind of is like he's got dementia or something because <laughs> oh god he couldn't remember what he said from one second to the next i was oh, yeah like oh boy i don't know i I think maybe kids would like him better
0: he's in the present all the time yeah he's He's in the present
1: i guess that's a downfall is he showing us the downfall of that
0: kind of like a goldfish i guess (laughs) yeah that was yeah that was like that that piece was so odd to me yeah it was really weird and then he was really large
1: yeah and he shrunk down yeah but then he aged rapidly. Yeah. He goes from having like red hair to having white hair. Yeah. It's weird. It's that so, was like a journey. It's very creative.
0: It sure was.
1: But, you know, and then the future in both movies is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It's like this death kind of shrouded, de- Dementor style right. <laughs> kind of figure who scares the poop out of you.
0: Yeah, just terrifying. Um, Chilling.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's always pretty effective because it's the last thing that happens before um, Scrooge wakes up and it just really has to like send him over the edge. Well in
0: in Scrooge, you
1: know, that TV face? Oh oh yeah.
0: who thought of that?
1: Very creative again. That, I like how oh, wow. creative they both both movies are within the, the framework.
0: Yeah, well, and it's you know and, and I want to jump back to um, Frank Ross's boss, Lou Hayward, I mean, that character shows up, and he's kind of in his golf gear, and he's got his sunglasses on. But he's half-rotted. Half-rotted, and there's like a golf ball that comes out of his head, and like a mouse. Oh, boy, that's
1: nasty. The
0: mouse goes back in. Oof, oof. Yeah, right, and then Frank just shoots him up. <laughs>
1: he has a drink, and yeah. it shoots out of him, so
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the it's bullet just... hole's
1: like a Looney Tunes.
0: Yeah, it, and so he he drinks it, and then, you know, it all pours out of him, and then, oh, man, he takes off the, the sunglasses? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's scary. And, he, you know, and, and he alerts Frank that these ghosts are coming, and, you know, just like in Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, Scrooge is like, maybe I had a piece of beef that was uncooked. Yeah. Frank says the same thing here. Food. Yeah, it's just like, and then it's like Lou... Takes Frank and sticks him outside the window of this. I don't know what. What's he up? Seventy floors uh, more. Yeah, it's like
1: a New York high-rise office building. Ooh.
0: And he is holding on to this rotting arm that just breaks. Ah! And then he falls. Oh man. Oh, it's scary. Well, and then Marley and Marley are going back. I'm sorry. It's just like I, I, I that one scares me too when they leave.
1: That doesn't scare me. I. That makes me laugh to death.
0: Well, okay, the song makes me laugh, but at the very end, where they're going back and they're going away, yeah, that's haunting to me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I can see why. Well, and well, they have the chains and everything, but um, yeah. So, but if... what about
0: the big hand? That's who's the, is that the ghost of Christmas Future? You know, where he's sitting at his desk having a drink, and then the huge skeleton hand. Oh comes yeah, on that's it? the
1: future. <laughs> and then that's interrupted by Elliot showing up. Yes. Um who he's you know been fired at the beginning and gone through this horrible few days and his wife has left him and all these bad things have happened. Yeah. And he has come into the TV station to kill Frank. Um, yeah. and, and but he prevents the ghost of Christmas future from coming after him right then. Um so in a way it's like you know the ghost doesn't even need to do much work because we've already frank's already made his own future um by firing elliot but the the ghost does come and show him you know what's going to happen when he dies and how nobody's going to care and
0: And then he sees himself being burned.
1: And he then becomes trapped in the coffin and is burning.
0: And that's number one fear for John. Drowning, And number two, you
1: said, it's like you're scared of burning and being stuck in a small space like that.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, all of it. You know, like, all this stuff.
1: Yeah, the enclosure thing really bothers me. Like that Ryan Reynolds movie where he was, like, trapped underground. Oh, no. I couldn't even watch that. I told you to turn it off. I was like, nope, nope.
0: It's, ugh. Well, here's some good trivia, okay? So, on this funeral scene, okay, the priest is one of the writers.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I found that, and it, it was great. And they have that great shot in his glasses of the fire.
1: Well, and we haven't even mentioned this. This is what's terrible, I think, about doing two movies. There's too much to talk about. Oh, yeah. But, like, the brother is played by Bill Murray's actual brother, and actually three of his brothers are in the movie. Mm-hmm. John, Joel, and Brian Doyle. Mm-hmm. And Brian Doyle Murray plays his father. Yep. In the Ghost of Christmas Past sequence.
0: Back from Christmas vacation.
1: <laughs> yes. And we've actually seen Brian Doyle Murray in real life. Yes. We saw him at a restaurant in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of the most amazing celebrity sighting we've had.
0: And I like fumbled and I was like, I, I loved I love Caddyshack. I loved you <laughs> and-, and Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> I just was kind of speechless
1: and standing there like agog. It was crazy. Well, I mean, he was followed two seconds later by Kevin Pollack leaving the restaurant, so I think we were just like, (laughs) what's happening? It was amazing. Like, sometimes that happens when you live in L.A. You run into, you know, these people, and, you know, my general thing is to not... Uh, react to it, but it's kind of hard if it's Brian Doyle Murray. It's
0: super hard. And the other thing I didn't mention was, okay, we saw him walk by first and exit the restaurant, and I didn't say anything. But then he came back in. And the reason he came back in is he had the napkin tucked in yeah (laughs) and like that i told him all this about caddyshack and he laughed and he's like ah i'm coming back in here i got like the napkin tucked in (laughs) it was
1: so funny like he was embarrassed
0: he was but it was he was so good he's
1: hilarious he was hilarious i mean he just seemed like the nicest person you just want to hang out with
0: he is the best man
1: and then so john murray who i don't think did many movies he kind of has the biggest role of the brothers Mm -hmm. um as Bill Murray's brother, um, and you and me knew him though from the movie *Moving Violations*. We
0: sure did.
1: Which we both watched. We, I, I mean, probably it'll end up on our list someday. Um, I loved that movie. I didn't know what it was called, and I remembered scenes from it for like years. Like I must have seen it when I was like probably six or something. Is when it, whenever it came out. And then I finally saw it, you know, like 10, 15 years later, and was like, ah, it's the movie I've been thinking about this whole time. So that was pretty funny.
0: When I finally got to see the whole thing, I was like, yes. Yeah,
1: because I think I'd probably seen it on TV with cuts and stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's John Murray. And then Joel Murray um, plays just a guest at John Murray's Christmas celebration. Which
0: is kind of funny. It's it just is, like, but just he's my kind friend. Of
1: unacknowledged. <laughs> yes. He's just my friend who looks very similar to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like people that look like me. And... <laughs> I
1: like hanging out with identical people.
0: And um, then we also have, I'm sorry, we also have, I, I don't want to forget, Miles Davis. Yes. Paul Schaefer.
1: Yeah. They're they're kind of the street musicians yes. who Frank Cross is very dismissive of. Robert Mitchum.
0: Oh my God! <laughs>
1: And Robert Mitchum is one of the best characters in this because he's, he's like the president of the TV station. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is so ridiculous. He's like this older guy, like dressed to the nines, mm-hmm. um, but he is telling uh, Frank... That they need to be thinking about making programming for dogs and cats, <laughs> um, which is kind of really hilarious in retrospect, because now here we are, like, over 30 years later, and there are television shows that cater to pets watching them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was Robert Mitchum's idea in
0: this. Brilliant man. <laughs>
1: He's <laughs> The best part is what he says. You know how in Kojak, Telly Savalas eats that lollipop. What if we have a detective who just, you know, plays with string? <laughs>
0: a lot of quick, random action.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then later we see that he has like all these pet cats. Uh, yeah. So that's probably why he's so focused on cat-centric entertainment. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just fantastic. And we kind of adore Robert Mitchum anyway. Yeah. And he looks just like your grandfather. It's sure does. Bizarre. Um,
0: and he's yeah. known for being a bad boy. He's known for being this this tight lip bad boy. He's not an establishment guy. Yeah. But he plays it great. In oh yes, yeah.
1: he's so good. Um, but what is your is that? I mean, that's one of my favorite things in Scrooge besides the ghost sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you have a different favorite non ghost
0: scene in Scrooge? I think that my favorite non go scene in Scrooged, would have to be Frank and Claire when they're younger. So this goes across, you know, a couple of scenes. But they did a fantastic job with their relationship.
1: We haven't even mentioned Claire yet. And so. I
0: love Karen <laughs> Allen.
1: Karen Allen is like the ultimate girlfriend of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Like she's, you know, an Indiana Jones.
0: It's 70s too, Animal House.
1: True, yep. Yep. Um, but in this, she plays Claire, who is kind of the girl that got away mm-hmm. for Frank. Um. And, yeah, the Ghost of Christmas Past sequence details a lot of how they got together and, and you know, what happened and how their relationship fell
0: apart. And it it's, well, the falling apart, I, I mean, that's, you know. Well, but nobody I, likes that no, part. No, but I, I mean, the part where they're together, how they got together, you know, she hit him with the door. Yeah. you know what i mean and like you know that he fell and then you know she had dropped what she had from the store and he bent down to get it and he hit her in the head with his head yeah and you know it gets him you know this nickname of lumpy you know and then and then we cut to you know them later you know in their apartment and they're just happy on christmas giving gifts and it's just so fun yeah
1: and you it's know? it just shows you it's like the it was an opportunity for him to kind of overcome what his childhood life had been. Yeah, where his dad just gave him a piece of veal. You know,
0: it's <laughs> so a five pound veal.
1: <laughs> but you know, he's like having the the Christmas experience maybe almost for like the first time, where they have a little tree and they have gifts and um they decide to open one Christmas Eve present and then everything else is for the next day, which we do that also. I think yes, that's we a big do. tradition for people. Mm-hmm. And I like that scene too because. He gives her the Gensu knives set. And, like, uh, David Johansson, as goes through Christmas Pass, is so jacked about it. He's yes. like, Gensu knives. <laughs> like, it's really good.
0: Yeah, they cut cans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They cut cans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. And it's, well, it, and again, I, I mean, I have to say the very ending, when they finally get back together. Yeah. Their love story is so strong in this, and it's just great. It's just great, and I love that we can be a part of their relationship. I felt this movie did a fantastic job of just detailing their relationship. Yeah. You know, the beginning, the middle, the end, and then... The rebirth of their relationship. Well,
1: I don't know if I think he did enough to get her back. But, like, you do have the feeling that things are going to change going
0: forward. It's, yeah, it's very, I I think in the movie, you know, what the big thing is, is that his career is first. And that's what causes them to break up, is he doesn't care about anything else about himself and being successful. He just doesn't care. And then, at the end of the film, he completely tanks it he shows up in the middle of this special they've paid all these millions of dollars for her, and he just tanks it out and turns it into a time to give a monologue yeah. and he's definitely going to get fired <laughs> and you know he says that you know he, he loves her and it's like it's him going against the job for her so that was what broke them apart was his his greed in corporate success, and then he threw that away and and said, you know what, I don't want this, I want you. Yeah. And that, and that for me, it's like, yeah! And yeah. then, you know, it's just, yeah, I, I, I love it. Well, I love it.
1: I love the scene. It's also a clear related scene where he kind of goes to this shelter where she volunteers. Yes. And he's talking to these three homeless people. Mm-hmm. One of them is played by Michael J. Pollard. I think his name is uh, Herman. Mm-hmm. And one is Anne Ramsey. Um, And they think for some reason (laughs) that Bill Murray is Richard Burton. Love it. And they keep trying to get him to do lines from Richard Burton movies, which he then does. Yeah. And I just, I love that part so much. It makes me laugh my butt off every time.
0: They get so happy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
1: but then it gets really sad though, because the Ghost of Christmas Present scene... He finds out that Herman has, like, gone down under the sidewalks Mm. to try to, like, you know, find warmth or whatever because he's homeless.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's frozen to death down there. And I think this time when we watched it, it really hit me, you know, that Herman is done, you know, when we watched it. And I thought, gosh, you know, it's if it was the Ghost of Christmas Future scene, then we would have thought there was some hope. But, you know, this is, like, the point of no return. Like, Bill Murray's character could have done something to help him, but he didn't, and now that's done. And, you know, we do see him at the end, mm-hmm. with flying with fairy wings with Carol Kane, and he seems happy. Um, so that's a good thing, but it does show you, you know, there's sometimes there's a consequence that you can't fix, yeah. even if you change yourself. So I thought that was really meaningful.
0: It is. You can, you can change your life, but that doesn't mean that you can, yeah. <laughs> some things don't go back together, unfortunately. Yeah, and you can't
1: put the toothpaste back in the tube.
0: No, and that's hard to accept. I mean, I, I've always been one of those people that I always want to try to make everything right. And the idea of something that's unreparable, oh man. Yeah. It's, it gets It's you. difficult. Yeah. It's hard to I accept. Mean, but
1: that's, you know, I guess that's part of the lesson. It's not enough to feel sorry after you've done something hurtful to someone else because the act has still occurred. Yeah, It's, you know, you can't go back and fix it. You can't go back and repair that perfectly and make it so it never happened. Mm-hmm. But you can avoid creating that situation again for yourself in the future. So it's kind of like a double lesson. That's not enough to say you're sorry. You have to change um, and not be that person going forward.
0: Well, the one thing that does happen is with the Ghost of Christmas Future, we see that Claire has become an uncaring socialite. You know, she's this aristocratic socialite who doesn't care about anyone anymore. Yeah, she
1: turns away children who are begging at the windows, and she says that the reason that that happened is because Frank told her to scrape them off, Mm -hmm. you know, to get these barnacle people off of her and not spend so much time trying to help people anymore. She needs to help herself.
0: And it's fantastic because Karen Allen is amazing. Yes. And she's so cold. She's such a warm, vibrant person everything that you see. And in this, she's completely shut off and just so bitter.
1: And they also did an awesome job with the makeup and costume in that scene to Mm -hmm. just, uh, and the lighting. It's really technically well done as well because it it just makes you feel that you are in a future setting. Um, Everything is way worse. Mm -hmm. I mean, the... The difference was between rich people and poor people, like the gap between the wealthy and the poor, is shown to be so much worse, which it really is, you know, in the last 30, 40 years. It's just gotten that much worse. So that's always prophetic in a certain way. Um, but yeah, I, it's a great scene. It's a really, really a huge scene. And they just did such a good job in Scrooge with interpreting it into a different timeline. Or a different time setting. Um, turning back to the Muppet Christmas Carol, do you have a favorite musical number?
0: I would have to say One More Sleep Till Christmas. That yeah. would be the one for me.
1: It's a Kermit song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cute. And it's when everybody's getting excited and all the excitement of Christmas is coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And it it exists well outside the movie, too.
0: Sure does. It, it's something that... You know, you always want to have a way to connect with the Muppets. And again, we talked about, you know, the John Denver and the Muppets Christmas album. And this song, you know, once you hear it, it'll just bring this huge smile to your face. And you'll think about the Muppets. And you'll think just... about the
1: Christmas morning yes. and the excitement of it.
0: Yeah, it just everything... Everything is out there for you, and it's going to be better than you can ever imagine.
1: <laughs> I love that about that song, but I have to say Marley and Marley is my jam. <laughs> it's from... a
0: great song. I kept singing it. Marley and Marley. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
1: it's hilarious. I love Statler and Waldorf anyway. I think they're nuts, mm-hmm. and they're so mean, which is funny.
0: <laughs>
1: so it really is perfect for them to be like the business partners. Although, like, do I think Staller and Waldorf died and experienced a change of heart? Nope. <laughs> 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 They're still going to be up there, you know, uh, just being mean to everyone. But I used to think they were so funny in The Muppet Show, too. Oh, they are. And f- I just think the- those cheesy jokes and the heckling.
0: I think it in if they existed as real people on the shoot, like when they yelled cut, They'd be like, all right, we're done. Let's get out of here. Is that enough? <laughs> Thanks for the money. Ho, ho, ho,
1: ho. You're so funny. Well, my, when I was the stage manager for Worcester Shakespeare the second year, um, I used to sit up with Molly, who was also a stage manager for that show. And I ran the board and she did like some of the sound effects and stuff. But we were always sitting up top of the bleacher seats in the park while everybody else was down and acting in the kind of stage area. So we kind of always felt a little bit like we were Statler and Waldorf up there kind of commenting on what was going on. Um, anyway, so I think that we've gone through so many points here. Um, I don't uh, we can know. We talk
0: about Bryce Cummings.
1: Oh yeah gosh how could i forget him i
0: know it's just i i keep being like wait did we get him all i'm like aha bryce cummings i
1: know every minute i'm like wait wait and wait
0: yeah yeah he's like the
1: perfect 80s bad guy (laughs) yeah yeah he's kind of the the foil character for frank cross and scrooge um he's this guy he's like this california guy who's come out and is kind of trying to take um frank's job at ibc and he's like this slick kind of California health plate eating, yeah. sparkling water drinking, yuppie. Yeah. Um, and in the way that the yuppie scene, there the yuppie stuff in Christmas Vacation felt like dated, but this yuppie stuff with Bryce does not feel dated at all. He no. just feels like exactly like this kind of jerk guy who's going to come in and be your rival when you really want something. And, you know, Frank is working so hard to get this live-action Scrooge off the ground. Or Scrooge off the ground. And Bryce just comes in and is trying to destroy it. Yeah. It pretty just,
0: successfully. Oh, he's he's perfect. And he's the guy, he's the most evil. Because he does it with a smile. Yeah. And he does it in a friendly way. I'm just here to help out, you know? You know, I know this all coming at you pretty damn fast. <laughs> I mean, this guy is just
1: but what's this perfect. guy's name? John Glover. John Glover. Actor. He plays that kind of character in like everything. Yeah. And it is like a an art and a science it's for perfect. him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's I always uh, Gremlins too. Yeah. Perfect. And then he was in the chocolate war.
1: Oh gosh! Yes, yeah, that was
0: a monstrously beautiful performance.
1: Yeah, he's he's an amazing actor. He is a knockout. Yeah, I mean, he, in this, he's got like that floppy, like '80s surfer dude hair. Oh yeah, and you know, I mean, it doesn't really help because Frank is kind of losing his mind because mm-hmm. of the ghost stuff, um, and Bryce just happens to be there to just take the reins. You know, well, well, Frank can't do it
0: my favorite part the part i really like with him is uh he shows up on the set and bryce has already called uh a dinner break <laughs> yeah. and it's just like he's out there with bryce and he's like you know bryce i usually call the dinner breaks oh i'm sorry frank and he takes his megaphone he goes everybody come back frank's got something to say <laughs> that he puts like the megaphone back to frank's mouth <laughs> and like everyone's gone no one cares yeah
1: nobody cares nobody
0: cares but it's, it's
1: just... so it's just like that's what that character is like you know he's gonna be like oh i'm gonna bend over backwards to help you yeah
0: yeah but he's not helping you he doesn't want to help you he wants your job pal i mean that's i he's perfect <laughs> and it's just everything about him what does frank say he's like he's an la scumbag
1: so <laughs> <laughs> oh. So are there any other final thoughts about either one of these fantastic interpretations of the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol?
0: Well, I don't think we've talked enough about Frank's secretary, Grace. Oh,
1: Grace, it's mm-hmm. Alfred Woodard.
0: So good. A single mother holding it together. With her family and her mother, it's a wonderfully happy family, but she has a very hard existence. Yeah,
1: she's like the Bob Cratchit of the 80s Mm -hmm. version of Scrooge here. She, yeah, she's a hard-working woman. She does everything Frank asks, even if it's awful. Yeah, yeah. Because she just has to have this job because she's a single parent. You know, her husband was murdered. Yeah. You know, and... She has this poor little kiddo who can't talk, and, like, she's, you know, just doing her best, and she's just an amazing person.
0: Yeah, she's great. And, and, I mean, she has to deal with Frank in the office. You know, she has a picture up from one of her kids. (laughs) Oh, God. It's like a, a, a Christmas scene, and Frank is just, like, really upset with it. He's like, how many fingers does Mrs. Claus have? like this
1: is pathetic
0: this is crap get rid of it he just like crumples it up
1: throws it out she's like my child drew that (laughs) oh my gosh and then of course also her long suffering continues because he's doing his christmas list for people Mm. and he's either getting people a vhs player if they matter or a towel yeah and he's giving out a lot of towels um and then he, gives the, he wants to give his brother a towel, but she turns around and gives the brother a VHS instead.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he tells her to put herself down for a towel
0: and a washcloth
1: (laughs) (laughs) that was that was the
0: that was the bonus i mean it's well and he's horrible to her she's like i have to leave i have this appointment and he's like
1: i can't work late if you don't work late
0: exactly and he goes and if i can't work late then i can't work late and he's freaking out justification yeah
1: and actually that's when he i think puts her down for the towel because she's (laughs) denying his needs I mean, she's the one who has to call security on Elliot Laudermilk. Oh, man. She has to do all of these things because she has to have this job, and it's just, it's sad.
0: Yeah, because, you know, Frank wants people fired in record time, and he looks with a telescope out of his office, and he times it to see how long it takes for security to get the person out on the street.
1: I mean, he's just a total jerk. He's the jerkiest jerk who ever jerked.
0: He's yeah, he's a real but, pride you know, master. and the
1: but the great thing for Grace is that she gets like a super happy ending too. Yeah. Because her son can speak again, she's always believed in it and it came true.
0: And he gets she gets a raise finally. Yes. Which is much needed and that makes you feel so happy. Yeah. And you know, since we're on this topic, the other thing too is we didn't talk about the other, you know, human beings in Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. There are a few. So first off, there's his nephew, Fred, Mm -hmm. which what always every time freaks me out about Fred is that it's played by this actor, Stephen McIntosh, who I only know from playing like evil, vicious people and other things like Luther, Mm -hmm. uh, things like this. Um, so when he's playing, like, this happy-go-lucky young guy, I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, I don't trust him because <laughs> no. that actor is too good in other things. Yeah. Um, and then you have, like, young Scrooge. You have uh, the girl that got away for him. who mm-hmm. um, He doesn't get back.
0: Has a beautiful voice. Yeah, she's beautiful got a great voice. voice. And really carries a performance. Yeah. You know, I, again, when Love is Gone scene... Oh, man, the, the young Scrooge and and the lost love and then Michael Caine coming in. Oh, man.
1: It's really
0: good. So, yeah, yeah definitely
1: watch it. If you do have Disney Plus, it is available there. If you don't have Disney Plus, I guess a Blu-ray of this will be out next year and you can enjoy it next Christmas.
0: That'll be awesome.
1: So, anything else that we've missed?
0: Uh, I'm trying to run through my list. It's
1: hard. I have, you know, all, all of my notes seem to have been taken care of, but, you know, there's just so much in both these movies and they're both so great that, you know, it's really hard to say. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we got everything, but we are pushing 90 minutes, which is definitely our longest episode ever. So By So before we just kill everyone here, um, <laughs> we should probably, we should probably wrap up. So as always, what would be your favorite? Food that you would pick and this is a little hard because you have to pick a food for both movies so Mm -hmm. for Scrooged and Muppet Christmas Carol what's your
0: food? I would say for Muppet Christmas Carol I think about a big drumstick (laughs) you know because it's just like this really meaty, meaty show you know and I can see myself just kind of you know, getting down on it like uh, the ghost of Christmas present, you know, just like really, <laughs> really larger than life. And uh, yeah, it, it has everything. You know, it's something that people ate back then. You know, it's something that you would see on Christmas. Well,
1: and they bring, they,
0: you know, Scrooge wakes up and
1: immediately has that kid walking by, go buying the biggest turkey in the window. Yep. So, so it's, you're going to get the drumstick off of that for yourself.
0: And it's going to be good.
1: Tiny Tim will get the other one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that would be my food uh, on the Muppet Christmas Carol. And if I'm talking about Scrooge, Scrooged, I would say, and, and this is really out of left field, I think about Cheez-Its. its yeah, and I'm like, well, John, why do you think about cheeses? The
1: traditional Christmas <laughs> food of cheeses.
0: Yeah, because it's not like I think that the movie is cheesy or anything like that. But it actually reminds me of when I was younger. Um, like there was this habit in my household that when you sat down to watch TV, you would bring like the box of cheeses, the bag <laughs> of pretzels, you know, and some chips, and you'd have a soda, and you would just settle in you know that was for like the show.
1: snack time yeah. snacking
0: it up and Its were a huge thing with my dad and I I still love them you know I'll try to not have them and then I'm always like oh, I need some it's and nothing <laughs> satisfies that craving like it's and that's, that's the way I feel about scrooged I love christmas films I love all the different christmas carol you know stories but Scrooged is the one for me, and there is no substitute.
1: It's the cheez of movies. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to go one blanket food for both movies. Okay. And it's funny that you picked the turkey drumstick, because mm-hmm. I have a similar choice, and my choice would be the big Christmas ham. Oh. In my family, we always did turkey at Thanksgiving and ham at Christmas. Okay. Um. Sometimes we mixed it up when I was a teenager and did like a beef roast or something because my stepdad didn't like pork. Okay. But we did, you know, a lot of times at my grandmother's house, we would have the ham and I just think about like that big family meal with the centerpiece ham. Sure. You know, and sorry if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, um, but you could go to Vinloy Tofu in Reseda. Oh, yes, you can. And get the best vegan ham that exists.
0: So good. So good. Kevin
1: makes, this guy, Kevin, who runs the place. Makes a vegan ham roll.
0: Kevin Tran, the master of tofu. Yes, he's a
1: tofu robot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) We've been
0: eating there for years. Years and years. It's
1: probably like in our top three favorite restaurants in the world. Yeah. It's this amazing little place that just has Vietnamese inspired vegan food, and it's great. Delicious. So, you know, ham. Or vegan ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd prefer pick.
0: the vegan ham. I would.
1: I think that I honestly do too. I don't know if I would be able to do a whole loaf of it. I don't know how that would cut. I
0: think I could do it. But, I mean it's I so mean, good way. To I mix would
1: it. like to try. Yeah. I would definitely like to try. So yeah. All right. So that's our food for the Christmas Carol interpretation. Scrooge and Muppet Christmas um next week we will be back and the funny thing is you know i think it's just an embarrassment of riches with christmas movies that we have so many options we barely know what to do with ourselves yeah um but we did put up a couple of polls this week by a couple i mean probably like seven or eight it's been quite a lot and one of the things that we noticed over the course of these polls is that a lot of people are interested in the movie for Christmases. Yes, indeed. Which we both really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually very personal kind of a movie for both of us because we are a lot like the Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon characters in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because it seems like a lot of other people respond favorably to that movie as well, we've decided that that's the one we're going to focus on next week. So if you haven't seen it yet, jump out there and watch it. It's really funny. You will not regret it. It's a great Christmas movie um, from the past few years. Um, I know we've focused on 80s movies for so long here but we're finally uh, moving into something more current.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, we did 80s and 90s tonight.
1: Yes, exactly. And now
0: we're going even further forward. And again, thank you to all of you that voted on Instagram because we put up polls of these Christmas films. Uh, The number one winner was Die Hard, and we have already done that. And the next on the list was Four Christmases. So thank you for letting us know, and we can't wait to do it.
1: We're happy to know what you're interested in. So, yeah. always look for opportunities to do that. And who knows, maybe your comfort film will be one of our picks in the near future. Um, but yes, yeah, so Four Christmases next week, and a bonus episode after that about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, mm-hmm. which is, in my mind, the best Christmas special ever.
0: It is a great feeling show that you turned me on to. I didn't even know about it until it's, you told me about it. it.
1: was, uh, I guess it was floated out as kind of a, um, a test to see if people would be interested in more of a longer form story. It's it's a great little Christmas special. So go check that out before next week. And we will see you next week to talk for Christmases and Emmett Otter.
0: Yes, we'll see you then. Stay comfy. Stay
1: comfy.